Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. As you're being seated, if you'll join me in Hebrews chapter 11... Hebrews chapter 11 holds some familiar scriptures. One sign of maturity in the Word of God is that we can visit scriptures that are familiar to us with the correct attitude that I don't know everything I need to know from this verse yet. We will never come to the place where we will hit a verse that we say... I don't need that one anymore. Or I can't get any more, anything new out of it. Because then we limit what the Holy Spirit is able to bring to us. He is the one who is the author of these scriptures and the teacher of the church. And so he can always bring to us something we haven't seen before from scriptures. And also recognizing that even if it's not something new... The hearing brings fresh faith. Just because I might know it mentally doesn't mean that I have extracted all of the faith that I need. To have regular deposits of faith, there has to be regular hearing of these scriptures because that's how the faith is deposited in the heart. So verse 6 of chapter 11 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, speaking of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The reciprocal of that would be, with faith, it is possible to please God. With faith, it's possible to please God. God being a loving Father, being a Father who has prepared for us many great things, but He has put them in the avenue of faith to be received. It says it is by grace that it is of uh, faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise would be sure to all the seed. He put it in grace, but it's accessed by faith. So the supply is there in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it must be accessed by faith. Why did he put it that way? So that it would be a sure, steadfast, me- steadfast mechanism of receiving. It's never a chance, am I going to get it or not? It's never a chance of God, does God want to do it or not? If I have his word on it, I have the capacity for faith for it. And if I have his word and faith, it is sure to all the seed. That was the purpose of him making it available in grace. He has already supplied everything that pertains to life and godliness. It says that he has given unto us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Well, every material blessing you need originates in the spiritual blessing. So that includes every physical need or blessing that you may desire. It's accessible in that position, in that heavenly place, that position, but it's accessible by faith. And he did that so it would be a sure thing. So that it would be a steadfast way of receiving. You know, think about this. When we teach about healing, there are many ways of healing. There are many ways that healing is applied because God so wants and desires for people to walk healed and whole of sickness. And so he has placed in the body the ability of prayer in Jesus' name. The ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It says the prayer of faith shall save the sick and they shall, God will raise them up. It says there are gifts of healings available. It says that there is an anointing to heal. Amen? But then it also says that we can receive healing by faith in the word of God, that by his stripes we are healed. Well, if nobody is around you that has a gift of healing, you can't make it operate. 
but you can still get healed. If nobody is around you to pray the prayer of faith for you, you can still take your faith and get healed. Amen? If nobody is around you to lay hands on you, you can lay hands on yourself and apply the word and get healed. Amen? So what he's saying is I've made it a, a certainty for you because it's part of the covenant and it's accessed by faith. And if you will become skilled in faith, you will always be able to receive the promise of God, the provision of God. Because it is sure in faith, by faith. It's already there in the grace. Grace is God's willingness to use all of his resources on your behalf, not based on our merit, but based on his supply, based on his desire. And the, the fullness of grace is in Christ Jesus. We have all received of him grace upon grace. Spiritual gift heaped upon spiritual gift, the Amplified says of John chapter 1. Grace is, is God reaching his hands that are loaded with his provision and his help. And he's reaching and he's reaching and he's saying, here, here, everything you need, I've got it for you. Here, here. But in order for you to receive it, it's all there in his hands. That's grace. But our side of that is the faith. Faith is our hand that reaches out and receives in the spirit. So that's the essence behind this scripture. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Psalm 35, 27 says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. The wholeness of his people. Hallelujah. So God, being a father by nature, is pleased when you receive the provision that he's made yours. Hallelujah. He's pleased in the receiving. And so it is faith that allows us that receiving. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. With faith, it is possible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans chapter 10 talks to us about the process of faith. The building blocks, you could say. The building blocks of our faith. Romans chapter 10 I want to begin in verse 17 and then we're going to back up and retrace the thought process. Romans 10, 17 is a very familiar verse to many of us. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Specifically the word of God brings Bible faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen? So the correct hearing is hearing the word. That's what causes faith to come. That is a spiritual law. That will always operate in the kingdom. Faith will come if you're hearing the word. Faith will come. So that takes the heavy lifting out of faith. Faith is not hard. Look at your neighbor and tell them, faith is not hard. Faith is not hard. It's not hard. Why? Because it's not on you or I to make faith happen. Faith happens when the word is heard. So our part is not to be in faith. I'm in faith. I'm in faith. I'm trying to I'm gonna believe and I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. No. I'm hearing, and as I'm hearing, faith is coming. That's, that's, my, that's our part, hearing, hearing, and then guarding what we've heard. Hearing, faith comes by hearing, so faith will come if I'm hearing. Faith will come if I'm hearing. Faith is a spiritual force. Faith is a a spiritual provision, a spiritual substance. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it's not a feeling, it's not a mental, 
uh, imagery kind of, of, of uh, idea or perception. No, faith has a perception, but faith is a spiritual substance. God created in this world, it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Let's back up and let's move that preposition. We understand that it was by faith the worlds were framed. By faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. When God spoke, he used faith. God utilized the vehicle of faith or the instrument of faith or the force of faith in his words. He put his faith in his words and the words transmitted the faith out of his heart, his spirit, into the atmosphere or into the situation to cause light to come, to cause the firmament to be, to set the different courses of the, uh, the orbits. God used faith in his words. He put it in words, but what was in the words was faith. They weren't empty words. They were faith-filled words. God is a faith God. And he used faith to create everything that exists. So by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. And what we see did not come out of something that does appear. It came out of faith. God did not use nothing to create everything. He used faith to create everything. Someone might say, well, God made everything out of nothing. Not true. He made everything out of faith. Faith was the substance that caused light to be. Faith was the substance that caused the firmament to be. Faith was the substance. God used faith. And then he gave you and I his faith. It's his faith that we have in our heart. It's his, his, his um, brand of faith. I did not get a generic faith. A lesser than quality of faith. I got the same faith that God used and the same faith that Jesus used. You notice what it says in 1 John chapter 5. It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Many translations say this is the victory that has overcome the world. Is the world overcome or not? Jesus defeated. Amen? So how did he do it? By faith. By faith. And then he gave us the faith that he used. To overcome the world so that we can overcome the world in our situations. Amen? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Praise God. So this faith comes by hearing and it's the word of God that transmits it into our spirit. Just the same way God used his word to transmit faith when he said light be to create light, he puts Faith in his word to transmit it into your heart, into my heart, so that we can speak God's will into our situation. It says it comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Words transmit faith. God's words transmit his faith. They are carriers of his faith. They are containers of his faith. God, every word of God has faith in it. You could open it up and you could find faith in every word. There is not a word of God that exists that is lacking or empty. You're not going to open up any of God's word containers and say, this one is empty. We must have used all of the power out of 1 Peter 2.24 because look, I mean, there's just barely enough to scrape enough off to put on my, my bread. Can't even make a peanut butter sandwich here. Can't, mean, can't even make a 1 Peter 2.24 sandwich here because the drawer's almost empty. I'm scraping the bottom of the drawer trying to get some power out of 1 Peter 2.24. Never going to happen. You open up 1 Peter 2.24 to the brim top loaded with power. Loaded with healing power, saving power right there in 1 Peter 2.24. Every word of God is 
full of power. No matter how many times it has been accessed and put to work, it never loses any of its power. It never gets low on a power supply. God's faith is in his words. And putting those words in the heart is how we get his faith in our heart. Back up and look with me. Let's go to verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. The righteousness that is produced by faith. One of the greatest things you can do with your faith is develop your spiritual attributes. You are the righteousness of God, but if you don't have faith in it, the righteousness that he has made you, you won't walk in it accurately. So the, you can use your faith for material needs, for finances, for a vehicle, for a home. Those are good things to use our faith, but not the most important because they're not eternal things. One of the greatest ways for us to develop is to use our faith in who we are in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ, and to the point that the righteousness which is of faith has a voice in our life. So that the righteousness which we are will speak to us. Amen? It speaks and says this. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. In other words, it would be inappropriate for me to say, Lord, if you just came into my bedroom and put your hand on me, I'd be healed. If you just came and laid your hand on me, then I know I'd be healed. That would, that's not what the righteousness which faith has produced in my heart, would, that, it tells me don't say that. The righteousness that faith produces in my heart tells me don't say that. Do not say in your heart if Jesus was here and he just laid hands on me. If Jesus would come up, if, if I could bring Jesus in, personally here to, to my situation, it would change. No, because I know who I am in Christ and because I know the standing I have with the Father, the righteousness which is of faith says, if I have the word, I have God in, involved in my situation. Amen. This is what the righteousness which is of faith would say. The word is near you. Verse 8, the word is near you. If I have the word, now where do I need to have the word? To get God involved in my situation. I don't need Jesus to leave the throne and come down to 8390 Peoria to personally lay hands on me. No, if I have his word, where do I need to have it? It says, first of all, in my mouth. I think that the Holy Spirit put that in this order on purpose. I don't think it was just a random, oops, I meant in the heart and in the mouth. Because generally, I like to say it. I've, I've had to catch myself and say, wait a minute. I want to say in the heart and in the mouth. But he put in the mouth and in the heart. And if you look at the importance here, it has to be heard how does it get heard? For you to hear it, it has to be spoken first. Right? It, for the hearing. Why? This isn't taking away the importance of reading the Bible, but it adds to by telling us sometimes we need to read it out loud because it's voice activated. It needs the breath put into it. You know, the angels hearken to the voice of God's word. The angels hearken to the voice of God's word. Well, let me pull this God's word Bible up here and put it up to my microphone and see what it says. I don't hear anything. But this is God's word. But this in written form is not the way it's supposed to remain. You know... If you went down to uh, the, the convenience store and you got a gallon of gas and you decided, you know, I need some fuel, so I'm going to carry this fuel around 
as long as it's in that gas container, it's never going to help you. It's not going to benefit you. You can say, well, I've got, I've got fuel. I've got fuel. Okay, but it's in a gas can. For that fuel to be beneficial, it needs to be in a place that it can reach your motor. It's got to go through a process of combustion because the fuel itself is not what's going to make your car go. In gasoline form, it's not going to, to pro propel your car until it goes through combustion. As long as it's in the tank, it's, it can access the engine, but somewhere between the tank and the engine, it's going to go through the process of combustion so that it provides a propelling force to your life, to your car. This is the tank. This is the, this is the gas container for you to go like you go to the store and fuel up your vehicle. But if you don't put it in the vehicle, it's not going to profit. Amen? So the word has to be in the heart. And how do I get it in the heart? It has to be heard. Faith comes by hearing. Do you notice? Now listen, I'm not taking away from our studying the Bible, but it, said, it doesn't say faith comes by reading. Because reading is for the purpose of me studying so I know what to say. It's when I speak the word, God, when he was preparing to create everything, he said, he verbally said, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, he didn't think it, he didn't he didn't ignore him. He opened his mouth and he spoke. It is written. He verbally released and gave breath to the word of God. Hallelujah. I know it's elementary. I know we know that. But God said that there has to be a greater emphasis on the speaking because most of the time people aren't missing it in the believing. If I were to check your believing, I would say, looking around, I know how long you've said under the word. I would say, for the most part, everybody in here that I know of, you're believing right. But how do we get the believing into manifestation in our life? How, how is it applied? God spoke it. Jesus spoke it. We've got to speak it. In the mouth, Psalm 45.1 says, The tongue is the pen of the ready writer. Proverbs chapter 4 says that my heart has a tablet in it. That I can write on the tablet of my heart. How do I write on the tablet of my heart? With the tongue that is the pen of a ready writer. So that's why it's in the mouth and in the heart. And in the mouth and in the heart. How do I get it in my heart? I put it in my mouth. So that tells me faith comes by hearing. And this would include hearing myself speak the word of God. It is very profitable for you to allow the sermons that we've ministered to help you feed your faith but don't just depend on what the sermon is providing to your faith there are areas in every one of our lives that need specific deposits and while we can go and find a sermon on that topic what's going to make it even greater efficiency is for us to get that scripture out ourselves and start giving breath to it and speaking it into our situation hallelujah faith comes by hearing and so he said the word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach for if you shall confess, notice he's got the mouth again in order prior to the word in the heart. In verse 9, again, it's the in the mouth. If you will confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus or the Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord over my life and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto rescue. 
liberation, restoration, or salvation. The word salvation includes all of those words that I just used as the definition there. So, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but that's not the end of faith. Faith it doesn't end with the believing. Believing is part of faith, but it's not the totality of faith. It says we having the same spirit of faith, what do we do? What do we who have the same spirit of faith, what do we do? We believe. That's true. Believing is part of it. But what's the second equation, the second numeral in the equation? Speaking. We believe and speak. We believe and speak. So faith isn't complete till I've said something. Faith isn't finished until I've given voice to the faith that's in my heart. Now, we need to look at both aspects, but what I want to look at a little bit more closely is getting the word in the heart because people can speak words that do not have a full measure of faith. They've got that bottom of the jar kind of word that's got a little bit of faith down in that word, but it's not full. That's why we've got to know our heart content and take responsibility. Is my faith full in that area before I speak out of my mouth? Do I have a fullness of faith about this or am I just pulling pieces of faith from, from that previous knowledge? Because Faith comes by hearing, not by what we have heard. You've already used that faith. Just like if you're, if you're using your debit card continually, you better make a deposit. Because you can't, you can't continually debit off of a paycheck from three months ago. You've already used that paycheck. Right? So there has to be a continual deposit for me to be making continual withdrawals. And every day is a faith day. Every day is a faith day. So let's look uh, here a little closer for uh, this process. In verse 13 it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the end result. That is that salvation. The, the mouth confession made unto salvation. They called. They used their mouth and they called upon the name of the Lord, just like verse 9 said, confessing with the mouth the Lord Jesus. They did that. Why did they do that? Because they believed. If you back up to verse, the step, the next uh, verse, verse 14, is actually backing up in the process. The end result is they called upon the name of the Lord and they were saved, but something happened prior to that. Verse 14 tells us what happened prior to that calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. It said they called on him and whom... It said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Well, they did, how did it, but they called on him because something happened to cause them to believe on him. So before the calling has to be... There has to be a faith in the heart before I can release faith-filled words. Do you see that? There has to be a faith in the heart before I can release faith-filled words. How shall they believe in him of whom they not heard? Oh, there's my hearing. I've got to hear it to believe it to speak it. I've got to hear it so that I can have faith in the heart so that when it comes out of my mouth, there's faith in my words that are being released. And then it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? And again, you can preach it to yourself. You can declare it. That word preacher is a, a one who makes a declaration or a proclamation, you can make that. Amen? So that process is necessary. There has to be a declaring of it so that there can be a hearing of it so that it can get in my heart and with it in my heart in abundance, I can fill my words with it. This is the process of faith, not just for receiving Jesus as Lord. That's the first thing we'll use our faith for, but it's the process of faith for everything you're going to use your faith for. Every faith project you are currently in, uh, engaged in, it needs you to be hearing, 
in something declaring it, whether it's you declaring the word or a sermon uh, from a trusted source, declaring the word so that it's going into your spirit, your heart, so that there's an abundance so that you can bring it out in your words. Amen? Amen? That's the process that we need to look for and we cannot bypass it. You cannot get a drive-through version of faith. You can't just drive through and say, uh, give me uh, you know, two orders of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 and three orders of 1 Peter 2, 24 and oh, on the side. No, you're going to have to take the process of putting the scripture in your ears verbally or through hearing it preached so that that voice, the, that Breath is being given to that scripture so that it, it can live in your spirit. So that it can come alive in your spirit. And then you want to continue until there's a fullness so that it comes out of your mouth with faith-filled words. Faith out of the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance. So if it's not in my heart in abundance, it's not coming out of my mouth correctly. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So my, remember, my job is the hearing. My job is to get the word in my heart. If the word gets in my heart, faith has come. Faith, faith is now present, and now it can be in my words. I can have faith in my words. So Acts chapter 11, let's look at some examples of how this played out in different scenarios. Acts chapter 11... And I want to look at verses 13 and 14. This is If I quit talking, I can find the right book. <laughs> this is testimony of what the Lord told through the angel for Cornelius. Let's read here in verse 13 and 14. He said, he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house. Cornelius told Peter and the others how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell you words whereby you and all your house shall be saved. Words, words whereby you and all your house should be saved. So men were saved by hearing words. Their eternal destiny was altered by hearing words. Can your life be changed by hearing words? They were saved by hearing words. They were one day that morning when they got up and put on their clothes, they did not have a relationship with God. They were spiritually dead. But Peter came in and proclaimed words to them, declared words. He gave voice to words that came from God. And as he was preaching those words... He didn't even have to lay hands on them or have an altar call. They received those words and got filled with the Spirit. They got saved and filled with the Spirit in their chairs hearing the words preached to them. But they got saved by hearing words. They got saved by hearing words. Amen? Now I know we think, well, yeah, we got saved by the we heard the preaching of the gospel, but, but we've got to... We've got to See the brevity of that. If that's how God changed my life in the beginning, that's how my life is going to continue to change. That's how my life is going to continue to progress. That's how he brought me out of where I was, but for him to take me into the fullness of what he has for me, I need more words. I need to continue that feeding and putting those words and hearing those words because that's how my faith is going to continually come. Faith comes by hearing, and that updates every day. 
Every day faith comes by hearing. Tomorrow you're going to get up and guess what? Faith will come by hearing. Next week, check it. It'll still, faith will be coming by hearing. That's how it comes. Amen? So in Acts chapter 14, we have another example. Verse 7, Acts chapter 14. Verse 7, it says, And there they preached the gospel. They're there at Lystra and Derby. It says there they preached the gospel. So now we know what they're saying, what they're proclaiming. They're proclaiming the word of God, the good news, the gospel. They're, that's what they're talking, saying. It says, There sat a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. I mean, that's three statements to tell you this was not somebody who stumped their toe. This was somebody who never had walked. He had never had power in his feet. He had never had... Does that sound like a, a situation that's already hopeless? That he's, he's lived this way all of his life. Never had power in his feet. Never stood on his feet. Never has put one foot in front of the other. Never, never has felt the, the, what it feels like to stand up on his own. He's never been able to do that. His physical body did not have that capacity. That was the condition of his body. But something happened. It said this man heard Paul speak. What was Paul speaking? The gospel, the good news, the word of God. Paul was giving voice or breath to the word of God. And this man sat in the congregation and heard Paul speak. And Paul looked at him and perceived that this man had faith to be healed. How did he get faith to be healed? He had faith to be healed. He had faith to be healed. Where'd that faith come from? The word he heard. The word he heard. He heard words that gave him faith and it altered his life in the same way that Cornelius, his entire family was brought out of spiritual darkness and into spiritual life by the words they heard. This man who had never walked before suddenly has a substance in his spirit that could bring healing to his body. How did that substance get in his spirit? Faith is a substance of what he, the thing you hope for. How did that substance get in him? He heard it. Faith's not hard. Faith is not hard. Faith, is, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So if we're hearing, faith is coming. And this man, Paul looked at him and said, Stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped. He leaped and walked. He'd never walked. Do you notice there were no hands laid on him? There was no anointing ministered to him. No gift of healing in operation. It did not say that Paul healed that man. Paul did not heal that man. Faith healed that man. Paul just looked at him and saw, you've got faith to be healed. You've got faith to be healed. Now just act on it. He just gave them something to act on. He just engaged the faith that was in his heart. That faith had come to bring this man healing, to change this man's condition of his physical body. He, how did it change? By the faith in his heart. By the faith in his heart. I was listening to Brother Hagen tell a story. It, the, the video is called The Most Important Things... Uh, to know about faith, I believe is what it's called. And uh, he was, and, and I've also been listening to one called Incline Your Ear. Incline Your Ear is the one that he told this story. Incline Your Ear. You can find it on YouTube. And he said in this story, he said this woman came to him 
and she's, he was on his way. He and his wife were walking out of the sanctuary to go to a room where they were going to pray for people who they had, uh, from the overflow, they had, had, were going to pray for them. And he said, as he was going, this woman came up and said, can I talk to you? And he said, well, you're going to have to talk to me while I walk because I've got to get back here and pray for these other people. And he said, she just started saying, I'm 47 years old and this is the first pair of new shoes I've ever had, I've ever walked in. And he, he was like, not certain what that meant. You know, you're 47 and this is the first pair of new shoes. And he thought, okay. And she said, no, you don't understand. I was born with one of my feet. Uh, um, uh, something had been disfigured in her foot. She was missing a toe on one of her feet. And, and it, was, it was deformed. And so she had never been able to buy a pair of shoes and wear both of them. She could only buy wear one and have a special foot, a special shoe made for the other foot. And she said, I got a CD or a tape. It would have been a tape back then. She said, I started listening to this tape, and the first time that I heard it, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And it was a tape he had taught about healing. She listened to it for six months. The same tape. She didn't get it the first time. She didn't understand it the first time. She didn't just go through and see how many different CDs or tapes or sermons that she could ingest. She listened to that one message for six months and she said, nobody ever prayed for me and I never prayed for my foot to be healed. She said, but I just noticed that it just started changing and her little toe grew out. She grew a toe <laughs> by hearing the word. By hearing the word. Keith Moore said he taught for years in the healing school. And he said, one day I realized, you know, I haven't been sick in a long time. I haven't had to fight physical sickness in a long time. And the Lord brought it to his attention. It's because you're constantly feeding on the word concerning healing. And he said, well, then I need to get some scriptures out about prosperity because that's the place I'm struggling. Amen? But he recognized because I'm constantly hearing and feeding on these scriptures to be able to minister it, it wasn't just in the ministering it. It was the fact that he was constantly attending to them, inclining his ear to them, that they were feeding him something. A substance, faith to be healed. Faith to be healed comes by hearing the word. Faith comes, faith to be healed comes by hearing the word. Hallelujah. Faith to be healed comes by hearing the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith to be healed comes by hearing the word. Hallelujah. He heard Paul speak. And faith came. And when he acted on that faith, a manifestation of the spiritual substance in his spirit, in his heart, he had faith to be healed. If God could do a scan of your spiritual heart today, what would he find that you have faith for that you haven't been acting on? I mean, I'm going to look around and I've got, y'all are faith builders. You're hearing the word. Some of you have faith to be out of debt. Just act on it. Begin to put it to work. Act on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith to prosper. Faith for businesses. What is it that you've got faith for? That you just have to act on it. Hallelujah. And what is it you need faith for? Just hear the word on it. Let's look at a couple more examples. Acts 8, 5 through 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He proclaimed the word, Jesus the word, Christ. He proclaimed the good news about Christ to them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing. They gave heed, hearing. You remember what Proverbs 4 it says, give attention, attend to my words. 
Don't let my words depart from in front of your eyes and climb your ear to hear them. Keep them, guard them in the most profound places of your heart. Because out of your heart flows the issues or the forces of life. So this giving heed, attending, hearing, it says hearing and... So they were hearing the things which he spoke and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. So these great miracles and these healings came as a result of the proclaiming. It wasn't, it wasn't him doing the miracles first. He preached first. He proclaimed and faith came. And God working with him confirmed the signs, confirmed with signs following. But the preaching is what caused the faith to come. The hearing of the word proclaimed and they received their healings. They received their miracles because they heard. Mark chapter 5. It's probably one of the clearest details that we see about hearing of Jesus and how she applied it here in the woman who was healed of the issue of blood. It says, let's look specifically at verses 27 and 28. It said, when she had heard of Jesus. So the hearing preceded the receiving. She heard of Jesus And we know that faith came by what we see in her mouth. What she is speaking in verse 28 is her faith speaking. So faith has come to the point that it has filled her mouth. And that's that's what we want to um, recognize the difference. Charles Capps taught that the, the preliminary operation of confessing the word is to get it in your heart. And a lot of people will try to skip that part and they just want to start confessing the word. I'm going to speak to the mountain. I'm going to speak to the mountain. Get faith in your heart and then speak to the mountain. We do need to speak. The speaking is important. But if I'm speaking words that are void of faith, words that are empty, words that are hope-filled and not faith-filled, because that's also a possibility, that you want it, you hope for it, you desire it, you need it, And you start trying to speak, but there's no faith. There's no confidence or certainty in the words that are being spoken. It's faith-filled words that move the mountains. Remember, he said, If whosoever will say to this mountain, not doubting in his heart, but believing. So the believing means that I, I believe that the things I say and the things I've said to this situation... I believe them. I'm not just saying it to make it happen. I'm believing it and releasing my faith in my words and that's why it's going to happen because God's already given me the faith and I'm putting my faith in my word form and distributing it through my words. Amen? If we don't have a fullness of faith, we may be speaking a lot of words and then we come away saying it's not working. Why isn't it working? I thought it should be working. I've been speaking to it. Keep speaking till faith comes. That first part of speaking is to get that fullness of faith in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If if it's not abundant in the heart, then I need to keep speaking it into the heart. My speaking is not outward speaking yet. It's inward speaking to deposit the word and deposit the word and deposit the word and deposit the word. And when faith comes, I'll tell you, you'll know it. You will know there's a spiritual recognition that what just came out of my mouth was different than what I said yesterday. There are times that we make declarations and and when we make the declaration, the force of faith fills that word and we know something just changed. Something just shifted because what came out of my mouth came out with authority. What came out of my mouth, that's a faith-filled declaration. 
So that's, this is the patient part. When we're looking at Mark eleven twenty three, we're seeing Jesus tell us this is how it works when a person is skilled and proficient. This is how it's going to work for them. They're going to speak to the mountain and they're, they're going to have their heart disciplined not to move over into the action of doubt. They will not doubt in their heart, but they will believe. They'll have that, that faith filling every container of the word that comes out of their mouth. They believe that those things which they say shall come to pass. They'll have what they say. That's our objective. Every one of us needs to set that as the standard for how our faith will operate. This is how I want my faith. It takes a little practice. Because for a person to say something and then have to walk through the patience of it coming to pass, that's when the temptation to doubt comes. You have to know how to cast down imagination. You know how, have to know how to take every thought captive. You have to know how to uh, stand and hold fast your confession of faith. You have to know how to worship because worship is a good way to keep you there in that place of faith during that time that you're waiting between the seed time and harvest, right? And so there are aspects of that that we become skilled in as we but start doing it. And, and you won't get skilled if you don't start now. Right. Start where you are and just start doing it. And when you see, okay, I missed it there, let me go back and shore that up. But, but keep that moving forward process as you're, as you're gaining skill and proficiency in it. And know what you're looking for. Know what you're looking for. I'm looking for a fullness. That's my, my job is not to make God happen. Make God do it. My job is not to make this miracle come to pass or make this situation change. My job is to be a hearer of the word, to keep my heart, guarding my heart, so that I don't become wayside soil, so that I don't become thorny ground or stony ground, but I want to keep my heart. My job is to keep the word in my heart because that's where the forces of life flow from. Out of my heart. How do they flow out? With my mouth. With my doing. With my actions. That's another part of it. Remember we've seen examples from Abraham and Isaac. They had actions that displayed their faith. Jehoshaphat, they sent out the praisers first because that was an action that displayed their faith. They didn't do it for that purpose, but they did it in line with what God had said. Amen? So there are, we are not just hearers of the word, James says, we're doers of the word. That doing of the word, one main doing is the speaking. Being a doer of the word will include that you are a proclaimer of the word. And your situation needs to hear your voice. You are the voice of authority in your life. You are the voice of authority over those areas in your physical body, in your family. Your voice has to carry that authority into the situation. So you, there are things that you need to say that nobody else can say for you. There are things you've got to proclaim because in the same way that I can't accept Jesus for Jillian, I can't say... On behalf of Jillian, Jesus is Lord of Jillian for Jillian. She has to accept Jesus and out of her mouth authorize him to be Lord over her. Amen? Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. I've just authorized him to protect me. It has, see, it's a voice authorization. Long before scientific technology discovered that, you, that every voice is authentic. Nobody has a voice exactly like yours. Your voice is so unique that it can be used in security to lock and unlock things. That they can detect the sound waves of your voice and nobody else can unlock it except your voice. Right? God knew that a long time ago. God did that. He made your voice that way so that nobody can, 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 can deceive and pretend to be you and authorize destruction in your life. If you don't authorize it, if you authorize God to be your refuge and your fortress, 
then vote, it is on record that you have given God authority to protect you. How, let me just rewind and play his voice. Here it is. Rusty said it right here. He is my refuge and my fortress, so I am authorized to be his refuge. But here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to authorize something on the enemy. And he says, yeah, God, but this is what else was said. Because Jesus is the high priest of our confession. That means he's receiving our declarations and putting his provision to work in line with what we say. But if we're not speaking in line with him, he's limited in what he can do. He's hindered in what he can do. God said in the book of Malachi chapter 4, your words have been stout against me. And that word means to tie my hands. So words can tie God's hands or words can open the door wide. The words that we speak. But the words that we hear in the same way, we need to be purposefully hearing specific things that we need to build our faith about. What is the greatest use of your time is spiritual things. Spiritual progression is one of the greatest things you can invest your free time in. You know, time is, is something that the more you grow in the things of God, you realize time is something that uh, can't be replaced. And the psalmist said, Lord... Teach us to number our days. In other words, show me how valuable my time is here. Show me how to use my time so wisely. And only God can redeem time. And through him, we can redeem time. He says that when the blessing is in operation... No, he says this. When wisdom is in operation, he'll not only give you length of days but long life. Those are two different things. Length of days, if you've ever had too much to do and not enough time to get it all done, you need some length of days. And wisdom brings it to you. That means wisdom causes me to move in a, in a different time frame. Why? Because wisdom is the word of God. Wisdom is, is God's thoughts. And if I'm operating in wisdom and I'm establishing my life in wisdom, then I'm moving at a different rate of speed, which causes me to have length of days. Whole nother day, whole nother sermon. Let's, let's pull away here while we can. Faith comes, family. Faith comes. And every one of us need to... Prepare our hearts, stock our shelves with faith for healing, faith for our finances, faith for whatever different areas of our life, because it's hard to build faith when your physical body is under attack. Because what's happening is you're having to exert faith for the symptoms and exert faith in those different areas while at the same time trying to build a stockpile of faith. It's a lot easier for us to establish a stockpile of faith and to build up a treasure of faith in our heart. And then out of the good treasure, we can pull it out when we need it. Out of the good treasure of the heart, man can pull out good things. So let's, let's invest our time putting the treasure in so that when we have need of something from God, whether it be healing, whether it be health, help in our finances, that we've got a, a treasure stockpiled to withdraw. Amen? And faith comes by hearing. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we desire to experience a greater proficiency in our operation of faith. Lord, you've called this church family to be skilled in faith. Let it be interesting to us let us not grow weary in well-doing but father let us hone our skills and develop our proficiency so that we are equipped 
as faith builders for your purpose and for your time. Father, I pray for the spiritual sensitivity of us in this church family. The sensitivity that will propel us to prepare. The sensitivity throughout the week to hear and act. To respond to the Holy Spirit so promptly that He does not have to tell us twice. Oh, Father, I desire that. I desire such an accuracy in the Spirit for us. And Father, I know that faith is required for that accuracy. Father, the foundation of faith, let it be laid in the hearts of these, your people. Let it be a firm foundation. Not just a mental ascent, but a fullness of faith in the heart. Not just a knowing of a method or a knowing of an equation, but Father, a full strength of the force of faith in the hearts of your people. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. Would you just lift your hands right where you are and worship the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your, your spirit leading us into your proficiency, teaching us and training us, honing our skills.